Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight June Machine. I'm Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Yeah, it's another uh, Tune Machine episode and the random uh, pop blob has generated a chart for us to do. And without further ado, let's hear which chart it's going to be. 31st of January, 1980. Oh, there now. Wow. It's the 31st of January, 1980. Uh, it's the the cusp of what was then a brand new decade. And, um, Thatcherism. I mean, is the, is the, we're in the first few months of Thatcher. We are. We are. I mean, I remember this period very, very vividly because I was just fucking besotted with pop music in the charts at this point in my mm. life. So, um, Got to say, I'm delighted. A what a year. What a year. And what a chart we're about to delve into. Yeah, I've just been scrolling through it. There's some lovely stuff. Um, also, the I year mean, West Ham won the FA Cup. Of course it was. Last time we was, won yeah. anything, yeah. Yeah, 1980. Uh, I mean, let's get into the top 40 countdown, I guess, shall we? Shall we yeah, do that? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go now. Uh, yep. Straight in at number 40, it's Captain Beaky with Captain Beaky. I've heard that's a street term for uh, the old Bolivian <laughs> marching powder, mate, so I don't know what they're trying to get at, but I don't like it. At number 39, down five places, it's Sister Sledge with You've Got to Love Somebody, do you? No, I don't know. I Protect you yourself. Do. I've loved before, and I, I've come out of the experience thinking it's just not worth it. Protect yourself from pain. Never love I again. I don't know. I always feel like you should be loving somebody, otherwise I might shrivel up and drop off. But anyway, down that would be a blessing at, for me. Down 13 at 38, it's Tourists with I Only Want to Be With You. You in at 37, it's The Whispers with And The Beat Goes On. Straight in at 36, it's The Ramones and Baby I Love You. At 35, up a whopping 19 places, it's no, The mate, Buggles. If it's, out, if, it, uh, if it's going in from outside of the 40, it's a new entry. Well, they haven't written new entry here on my well, they list, haven't because, because Because they haven't, but get it right. Okay, at 35, it's the Buggles with the plastic age. And at 34, Susie Quattro, Mama's oh. Boy. Bloody oh. hell. 
At number 33, down 10 places, it's the Sugar Hill Gang with something called Rapper's Delight. I'll tell you what I love, mate, Turkish Delight. I don't know if this is similar, but uh, <laughs> I love it, particularly at Christmas. I often get given it as a gift. My kids, Maybe though, I don't see my kids, but they send it to me in the post. Maybe this song is about the rapper on a Turkish delight because that's a very, very uh, fulfilling prospect, isn't it? Just slowly unwrapping it and putting it all fr- in your mouth in one go. Fry's Turkish delight, which is quite a large slab covered in dark chocolate, and the rapper is a very vibrant pink. No wonder they were moved to write a song about it. Up three at 32, it's Sad Cafe with Strange Little Girl. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you start with that one, mate? There's a lot to unpack there. Has to move on. (laughs) At number 31, it's Jane by Jefferson Starship. Miss Jane, the strange little girl, I guess we'll never know. (laughs) Straight in at 30, Queen are back, and they're saying, save me. New in at 29, Selector with Three Minutes Hero. Down nine at number 28, Rose Royce, and they're asking, is it love you're after? Certainly not, Rose. At number 27, no move for Rupert Holmes with Escape, the Pina Colada song. Down 13 to 26, ABBA, they have a dream. At number 25, it's Positive Force with We Got the Funk. Good, I was wondering where that had got to. <laughs> Let's hope you can uh, arrange some kind of handover in a, a neutral space. <laughs> Maybe at uh, Headley Services. <laughs> Industrial estate, something like that. <laughs> Down 14 at 24, it's Pink Floyd, and they've got another brick in the wall. Weird guys, weird bunch of guys. Don't quite know what they're trying to get at. Not my yeah, kind of people. L- long long hair and lots of mumbling. Yeah. Get to the point. <laughs> Too Hot is the song by Cool and his gang at 23. Up eight places at 22, Matchbox and Buzz Buzz a diddle it. <laughs> <laughs> and 21, it's the Bee Gees with spirits brackets having flown. Up six places at number 20, it's new music with living by numbers. At number 19, edging two places up the chart, Jazz Carnival by Azimuth. I don't think they would want a jazz carnival in January, do they? Not really. Goodness sake. They feel like they've uh, gone a bit previous there. Up two places at number 18, it's Sheila and B-Devotion and Spacer. At number 17, it's The Beat with Tears of a Clown slash Rankin Full Stop. Uh, down two at 16, it's The Clash and London Calling. At number 14, it's a big climber for the Boomtown Rats. No, you've missed rats. the song out. Fuck. You've missed the fucking song out. At number 15, it's John and Vangelis with I Hear You Now. I couldn't before, but I do now. Straight in at 14, the Boomtown Rats, as previously mentioned, with someone's looking at you. Scruff bag lead singer, probably about to nothing. Uh, number 13, <laughs> Dr. Hook. Now there's a man you can hang your hat on. <laughs> Better love next time. Up 10 at 12, it's Regents with 17. Up 11, up... Oh, fuck's sake, I've no. really lost the plot. I shouldn't have had that extra sherry before I came on tonight. <laughs> It's uh, at 11. It's I Want to Hold Your Hand yep, by 11. Dollar. Yep. I, could, I couldn't do the fucking maths. But anyway, it's Dollar with <laughs> I Want to Hold Your Hand. Up 23 places at number 10, Kenny Rogers, and he's the coward of the county. Man up, Kenny. I fucking hate cowards. 
Uh, it's like our bosses here at the BBC. Utter cowards. Kowtowing to the politically correct brigade. Uh, Number nine, down two places. Booker T and the MGs with Green Onions. Uh, Down three at number eight. It's KC and the Sunshine Band with Please Don't Go. At number seven, they've fallen one place. Sticks with Babe. Down four at six, Billy Preston and Sayurita. And with you, I'm born again. At number five, climbing seven places, Joe Jackson with It's Different for Girls. Suppose it is in lots of ways. Yep, I mean, periods for one thing. Yeah. Um, still at number four, it's the Nolans, and I'm in the mood for dancing. Aren't we all? Of course, the Nolans there, they'll be dancing, periods notwithstanding. <laughs> at number three, it's Madness with My Girl. Uh, down one place at number two, it's the Pretenders and Brass in Pocket. And at number one, it's the Specials with Too Much, Too Young. From the special, a.k.a. live EP, it says here. Not interested. Not interested. Bunch of bloody hooligans, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot there in that chart. Um, again, with like the late 70s, early 80s charts that we've looked at in the past, there's lots of like different genres and stuff going on. But the, the big thing that stands out there for me, two-tone. Yeah. Two-tone is all over that chart. We've got, like... Um, down the bottom end, where was it? You've got the selector, three minute hero, fucking great song, and then further up there's the beat, tears of a clown. Um, that's two tone, and then you've got uh, obviously the specials are at number one, up from fifteen. I used and to that, love the drama of stuff like that. Yeah, Some of them would go yeah, number one from like in. outside of the top ten, and uh, madness at number three. Who also started out on two-tone. What's amazing is if if you look at... We often are... um, We've talked a lot about the way in which music documentaries or pop culture documentaries sort of make mad sweeping generalisations or try to encapsulate things or overblow things that weren't really there. But you will see documentaries which start with fucking images of the winter of discontent and Mrs Thatcher waving her hand outside number 10. And there'll be some doofus talking head could even be me <laughs> going I mean what you've got to understand is what you've got to understand is like you know at that time there wasn't much there and there'd been a lot of racial tension on the streets then Thatcher gets like uh, elected millions of young people are unemployed they thought they had no future and then out of nowhere in 1980 it was almost like a whole new era dawned out of the blue because suddenly two-tone <laughs> took over the chart and I'd be sitting there as a cynic thinking did it Fuck. I mean, I love two-tone <laughs> as much as the next dickhead, but things don't happen as neatly as people try to describe them. Well, it turns out they fucking do happen turns that neatly because this is January 1980 and there is a yeah. two-tone band at number one. There is a two-tone band at number three. There's... Uh, where's the next one? There was another one in the top ten, I thought. But you go through the, the charts, like you say, and, uh, yeah, 17, the beat, they're fucking and all the, the way through the chart. This was a genuine new movement. And bear in mind, the specials had only really got together and started releasing songs the previous year. So this was a yeah, bang was straight in there. 79, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I mean, the specials started two-tone. Jerry Dammers started up two-tone. It was yeah. just a fucking label that he did in his bedroom. Yeah, Gangsters was out five months, six months previously to this. And this was the specials' first number one. I mean, the specials were done 
by June the 81. They were mm. done another 18 months down the line from this. So that was when Ghost Town was out. But, um, yeah, Jerry Dammers just signed up these bands and it just was spread like wildfire. But then they did the two-tone tour, didn't they? Madness and the Specials did the two-tone tour. Yeah. And Selector were on, on the... And they were all on this fucking old school bus that they they bought and went around the country. And I think... Uh, did you watch that thing, the Suggs live show? No, I haven't seen Sky it yet. Arts. I mean, he says in that, he talks about the two-tone tour has been still to this day the most exciting thing he's ever done in his life wow and that was, was just and right the first the ever cover of, of the, the face magazine i mean the face came out in 1980 and the first yeah. cover was jerry dammers standing on a staircase looking up looking upwards and it was all about two-tone yeah that that you know because it started out as a music mag mostly and it was all yeah. about two-tone it really did just fucking take over and if you look at it it's hard in some ways see it coming I mean it was pretty specific kind of music that mm. came about out of the blue and, and it was like it was mainly out of Coventry because I think yeah. you know Coventry was a particularly multiracial place they were all building cars weren't they and uh, <laughs> but then you know the, the madness were from fucking North London so suddenly yeah, this specials. sort of movement that fused sort of I guess rock and roll and pop with ska music mm and reggae it's just sort of quite a you know if you look at it it's quite a sort of a weird cocktail I mean it fucking worked that's for sure it's brilliant but like how how, how was it that Jerry Dammers but also fucking Mike Barson you know all fucking they all sort of came up with this notion at the same time I don't know but this is the thing the specials did a gig in a pub in London it might have been the Hope and Anchor and Madness supported them and then Jerry Dammers ended up staying Sug says in that um that show, that live show. Um, if you were a touring band and you had nowhere to stay, the cheapest thing to do would be to pull a bird and go back to her house. Yeah. But Jerry Dammers had no teeth, so Jerry Dammers rarely had that option. <laughs> so he ended up he ended up sleeping on Suggs's sofa. <laughs> and then the next morning, um, no Madness weren't supporting them. That was it because the next morning Suggs played him a tape of demos that Madness had done, and Jerry right. said, "Do you want to sign to me label? I'm starting up a label." Yeah. And it happened like that. Mad, absolutely mad. Just coincidences and. Well, you know, this music is like, like this. I was five in nineteen eighty, but fucking out. This music is like the soundtrack of my childhood, because yeah, you know, my brothers used to have all of this on, non-stop. It was like the fucking rhythm of my household was the yeah. specials, the selector, the beat, madness, and. uh and even the imagery, when you look at old specials, record covers and madness record covers yeah. and the way that I was just, I was, I mean, like all kids, like my son now, and I think, you know, you said your son was the same when he's a bit younger. There's something about madness that fucking absolutely fucking captivates young lads in particular. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, we had this shop called The Joker near where I lived. It was on Chiswick High Road and I used to walk down there because it was a joke shop but it also sold bits and bobs of fancy dress. And I would go there, not for the joke shots, but I used to love it that, that they had bowler hats and little right. bow ties on elastic and red clown yeah. noses, which, of course, was favoured by, particularly by Mike Barson in Madness, but by all of them, it was a sort of a look. And I just wanted to yeah. fucking, all the time, look like someone out of Madness. <laughs> fucking our joke shops. 
Oh, yeah, fucking joke shops. You don't get them anymore, do you? It was my favourite shop. I'd just go and hang around the joke shop all the time. Some old geezer ran it. He knew that I was never going to buy anything. Do you know what I mean? You'd wander in and go, oh, all right, back again, are you? Yeah, I'm just looking at the clown's noses. (laughs) Yeah, well, don't fucking mess up the display as usual. (laughs) God. I mean, I had this single, It's Too Much Too Young, live EP. Um, it must have been one of the first singles I bought because I think the first single I bought was Gertrude by Chaz and Dave wow. and that was 79 so this will have been a few months later and I had this and the absolute fucking ultimate young person's record loving nightmare happened I accidentally knelt on it one day and oh. fucking cracked it fucking cracked it in half and it was obviously it was a few months down the line you know you can't you, I mean you couldn't go out and buy another one anyway you didn't have enough money to buy a single twice but then you save your pocket money up and buy records. But this will have been maybe a year later or something. And then that's it. You're fucked. Yeah. Your copy of the special single is fucked. You can't go on Spotify and just listen to it anytime you want. It's gone. It's out of your life. Yeah. Or what you do is you try and join the record back together. Oh, my God. Perfectly so that there's no overlap or anything like that. Mm. So that there's just the crack where the, where the crack is. It might jump a little play. bit. It'll jump. It'll jump. You can't get it to play again. Jalapeño. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Jalapeño. But also, you know, to get away from Scar for a little bit, Brass in Pocket at number two, though. What a fucking song yeah. that is, by the way. And that, I mean, that had yeah. been number one the week before it got knocked off by specials, which is quite significant because the Pretenders, I suppose they're sort of post, is there, are they post-punk new wave kind of an act, would you call them? But they're oh, sort of yeah. quite mainstream by comparison. You know, she was yeah. quite slick. The band were quite slick and looked a little bit more sort of mainstream. <clears throat> and then these fucking kids from Coventry just bash them off the top spot. Kind of. But then even in the same way, the Pretenders, they weren't a major label yeah. group. Do you know what I mean? Because Chrissy Hind had hung around with the punks and everything. And I think she was in a relationship with Ray Davies at this point. Really? Fucking hell. Um, yeah. Well, so, it's a um, great song, isn't it? I mean, you'll have to dig through a lot of fucking charts to find a top three as strong as that. Too much, too young, Brass in Pocket and Michael. And, you know... Apparently... And, and then, uh, I'm in the mood for dancing at four, and it's different with girls at five. I mean, that's a great top five, mate. You've got the lot there. It is. I was just going to say that um, Brass in Pocket, I just read the other day and I didn't know this, 
Apparently, Chrissy Hind hates brass in pocket. Yeah. She's a bit I grumpy, no isn't she, Chrissy, Chrissy Hind? Yeah. Um, I, I, well, I, when I was in the Isle of Wight, I read Johnny Marr's book, um, which I think has been out a few years now, but I just got round to reading yeah. it, and I fucking loved it. But there was a lot I didn't know, like the fact that when he first left the Smiths, he joined the Pretenders. He did. Didn't know he that. Did, she yeah. just called him up. I don't think she even knew him, but she just heard he'd left. So she thought, well... Might as well get him on board. He's good at playing the guitar. He did all that, didn't he? And he was he, and he was in Talking Heads for a little bit as he well. He was in Talking Heads, and then for a long time he was he in Modest Mouse, and he even moved to America. Yeah, yeah. But then what, he was in the Cribs. One of my favourite things oh. when I read, uh, you know, one of these a, a biography of someone whose music I really like is to just read about their influences and spot the ones that I'm unfamiliar with and go and have a, a mm. listen. And what was, I guess, a bit surprising to me, but not really when you think about it, was that his guitar influences were as much from disco as they were from yeah. rock and rock and roll, which you, which when you yeah. think about it, you hear the way that he plays, even on those Smiths records. And, you know, he called his son Nile after Nile Rodgers. And you think, yeah, that's who he plays mm. like. He plays like Nile Rodgers. And yeah, the band that he kept going style. on about, yeah. who sort of like really influenced him, was Bo Hannon. And I was very unfamiliar with the band Bo Hannon. Uh, so when mm. I was in the Isle of Wight uh, reading Johnny Marr's book, rather than listening to a lot of Smith's records, I was listening to a lot of Bohannon records, who were sort of right. like very similar to Sheep, but I was unfamiliar with. Yeah. And they're my new... That's that's my new jam. That's what the kids say. Well, I mean, we might be playing more music on Top Flight Time Machine oh, yeah, coming watch up in, this the next, space. Uh, in the next uh, few weeks and months, etc., etc. But more, more of that, uh, more on that later. What else have we got? Right down at the very, very bottom of this chart, number 40. Do you remember Captain Beaky? I don't know. I had a mate at school who, was... who had a um, budgerigar called Captain Beaky. And, right. and we all found that yeah, hilarious. We, it, was a, it was a lad, actually. He was a nice lad, but for various reasons, he used to get the piss taken out of him quite a lot. And one of the things that he was taking the piss out of for was owning a budgery guard or his mum owned it <laughs> called Captain Beaky, which we all thought was fucking hilarious, you know. Just stupid adolescent <laughs> piss taking like, oh yeah, going home to feed Captain Beaky, are ya? You know, oh, like, oh hilarious. Right, yeah, he's a really nice well, lad actually. One of those ones that you look back on and you think, God, he was he was a good bloke, he got too much shit and then you feel a bit bad. But anyway mm. um But Captain Captain, Captain Beaky, Beaky was... must have, now I know that that must have been who the budgery guy was named after. It was another one of these novelty records, and it was a Shakespearean actor called Keith Michelle. And he told a story with music underneath it about this fucking seagull called Captain Beaky <laughs> and his merry band of uh, various fucking woodland animals <laughs> who were on the run from this snake called Hissing Sid. <laughs> and it was I mean obviously I was what I was seven when this was out so you know this was like fucking catnip to me this is a bit of me this is this is fucking great <laughs> yeah so and, and this was massive Captain Beaky at the time and it, you know what it, it was it's one of them where I would, would have said before it was probably thanks to Terry Wogan playing it that it got uh, into the charts yeah but, um, I looked into it and Noel Edmonds picked it up but um, it was Tony Blackburn that played it originally. And there was a show on a Saturday morning on Radio 1 called Junior Choice. Oh, yeah. Which was specifically for requests from kids. Yeah. So you'd have like lots of novelty songs on there. And I think that's how a lot of these novelty songs got into the charts. And this one certainly did, because Tony Blackburn played it. And, um, and then Noel Edmonds 
apparently nicked it off Tony Blackburn and oh. started playing it in the breakfast show. That's why and there's then, still quite a lot of resentment there, mate. Yeah. And the rest is history. I mean, there's still that there's still that dynamic between them when uh, Noel would get Tony Blackburn to come through the doors on uh, Noel's fucking... Yeah, and take the piss bottom, out yeah, of him. And take the piss out of him. Yeah. yeah, that's like... So they were both contemporaries, right? They grew up same generation. I think Blackburn's a bit older, right? And Edmonds has joined Radio 1 as the the young buck. And Blackburn's yeah. like, I'm keeping an eye on this cunt. I don't know who he thinks he is. <laughs> I'll soon put him back in his <coughs> fucking box, right? Old Tony yeah. hasn't survived for this long at RTB without knowing how to shut down a promising young career, <laughs> right? Shut down Ra- a predator. Radio's fucking <laughs> rife. I mean, that sort of stuff is parodied when, you know, Harry Enfield and that did it. But yeah. I tell you what, radio stations are genuinely fucking rife with that kind of stuff. Uh, like the sort of I mad, mean, bitter rivalry that exists between people, particularly the older hosts towards the younger ones, is astonishing. I know we've, we, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but there was that brilliant blood on the carpet episode of, on BBC Two yeah. about Radio One, Radio where One. Matthew Bannister came in, yeah. and his his new broom and got rid of the likes of Adrian Just, and Adrian Just on that documentary being fucking incredibly yeah. bitter. Yeah, well, it's just hilarious. D- didn't DLT and Simon Bates both went fucking rogue on air, didn't they? About their sudden changes. DLT definitely there's did, only yeah. certain amount of time you're prepared to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Bates. I don't think Bates. I think Bates was Bates kind of knew where his bread was buttered, and he went quietly. But um, DLT resigned live on air yes. after he had a game of radio darts, which he was playing every week. Simon Garfield wrote a great book about it, didn't he? Um, yes. The nation's favourite. That's it, yeah. And it's just one of those yeah. oral histories where it's just like yeah. interviews with them. Fucking well worth a reread. We should do a dive into that. Yeah. At some point. Really Very good. Diveable. Just looking at the cover um, right now, it's Chris Evans and Zoe Ball on the cover because that's what... Yeah. Fucking hell, fair play to Matthew Bannister. It was quite good, really. The way he shook that all up. Anyway, Edmonds and getting back to Edmonds and um, Blackburn. If you think about it, right, he would have, they would have been rivals. They've both done Radio One Breakfast Show, and then after a few years, Edmonds gets his own prime time TV show on BBC One. Yeah, and to amuse himself, he goes book my old pal Tony Blackburn <laughs> so I can make a cunt out of him. Yeah, and yeah. and the, the fees being offered at the time because. It's such a massive show. It's the BBC's flagship entertainment show. No. The budgets are insane. So they ring yeah. up and his agent goes, uh, Tony, yeah, it's uh, it's Johnny here. Listen, uh, they want you to come on Noel's show at the weekend. And Blackman's gone, fuck that. I'm not going on, his, on that piece <laughs> that of cunt. shit's bollocks. That should be Tony, Tony Blackburn's house party, if there's any fucking justice in the world. He goes, okay, that's what I thought you'd say, but uh, I, I'm duty bound to tell you, they're offering you a whopping £5,000 just for the hour. <laughs> Fuck, I'm going to have to do it. What's he got planned for me? Uh, well, they wouldn't go into details, but they actually openly said that Noel's plan was to make a bit of a cunt out of you. <laughs> That's why they're offering an extra large fee. <clears throat> but, I mean, yeah, Edmonds took over the breakfast show from Blackburn. Blackburn mm. did it until 73, and then Noel Edmonds took over. So there's obviously, it's almost a homoerotic tension between them isn't it I'd love us to write a sort of a um, I guess like a fan fiction a lot of people like I'm reading (laughs) a book at the moment which is about Billy Wilder but it's a novel right by Jonathan Coe the bloke who wrote The Robbers Club and all of that and it's called Billy and Me 
but I've read other books like this. So it's a novel where that one of the characters is a real life person. See what I mean? But they don't. So it's, a bit like it's fictionalized. The, the, bit like the Damned United. Yeah, a bit like that. So I'm saying, why don't me and you write a film a bit like Women in Love, where Alan Bates mm. has to fight? Is it Oliver Reed he fights in that? Oliver Reed. They wrestle naked, don't they? Yeah, and we get. Yeah. You know, you'd get Cumberbatch to play Edmonds, and yeah. you know maybe you'd get Tom Hardy to play Blackburn. Yeah, and it would be about the homoerotic rivalry between two great broadcasters. There's a series of that similar to that on Sky Arts, isn't there? Where they, the, um, I can't remember what's called now. Where they they recreate, but those are based uh, on moments in showbiz myths. history. But they're, they're based on true stories. But yeah. all, there's always a lot of. Um, Give and take in the uh, yeah. lot of fucking leeway in the truth. I tried to pitch one of those. Licensed. It was about that story that I must have told people about when Andrew Ridgie and George Michael had to emergency land a helicopter on a girls' school <laughs> playing yeah. field. And, yeah. and I pitched it with our mate Dave Whitehouse, but they uh, they rejected it because they'd had something else to do with George Michael recently. Oh, fuck oh, well. them. Yeah, I'll do it myself. I'll write my it. Podcast. I'll make it myself. Put it on YouTube, and I'll just enact it using my cat and my children, and it'll be a hit. <laughs> That'll show them. <laughs> so, what else we got? We got Captain Beaky down there at number four. But Captain Beaky initially went in low there, and it rose up to number number five within two weeks. And you can see uh, the YouTube performance from Top of the Pops of, of Keith Michelle doing that, doing it live on Top of the Pops, reading it from a book. And um, what else have we got going on? We've got the Ramones in at 36 with Baby I Love You, which was probably their biggest hit because they were snarling New York punks before that. And um, they got Phil Spector to produce the album, which they did Baby I Love You on to sort of smooth the sound up a bit. Mm. But of course, Phil Spector is uh, dead now, but also uh, a murderer. So he's kind of been dead murderer, uh, air, air, airbrushed from history. Dead murderer, bit. Phil Spector. Yeah. Here's a thing that uh, might or might not have anything. Uh, there might be a pattern here, or there might not be. At number six, you got Billy Preston, right? Legendary mm-hmm. organist. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of fifth member of the Beatles for a certain t- amount of time, mm-hmm. and then at number nine. You've got Booker T and the MGs with what must be a re-release of Green Onions. So I'm thinking, Green Onions, yeah. That's a bit weird. There's two sort of Hammond organ kind of bands, uh, mm. acts, two, probably the two most famous, who were both in the chart yeah. in 1980 at the same time. What was there? Some sort of fucking organ revival in 1980? Feels like there was. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's happening there. Well... I mean, Billy Preston and Cy Rita was a ballad. I don't think Billy got his organ out on that one. Oh, right, okay. It was quite a slow... Um, it was a song that I fucking hated at don't the time. because it was uh, It's soppy. It's uh, a man and a woman and they're singing song. about love. It's a kissing yeah. song. Uh, but of course now I realise it's a fantastic song. Um, but I'm looking at the Ramones there, yeah. Baby I Love You was definitely their biggest hit. But I don't know why Green Onions was... Was back in the charts. Could it be that? Um, Fuck knows. It might be Quadrophenia, which I think came out in '79, and oh, right, that yeah. would have been on the soundtrack to that. And it is—I can't remember the scene, but it's a particularly prominent song in 
that movie. Right. So that might be the reason, possibly. That could be it, yeah. But um, what else have we got going on? We well, got London We've Calling got... at 16. That's a big trap. But you're not a big fan of The Clash, really, are you? I like this one, and I liked it at the time. But I, I think The Clash are one of those groups where there's like five or six good singles, and then that's about it. All right. Do you find them a bit uh, posture in an art schooly? Well, sort of, yeah. <laughs> look at me, was, look at me um, giving you leading questions. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just never liked them that much at the time, and, and uh, nothing's changed. I prefer Big Audio Dynamite, to be honest. Yeah, fair enough. After Mick Jones had left the Clash and got into hip hop and samples and stuff like that, much better. Do you know what? But I know it's not. A, it's not a popular opinion. No, it's all right. Well, let's just leave it there then. Um, at number 17, The Tears of a Clown, I know we've already talked about Two-Tone, but I actually prefer their version to the Smokey Robinson original, which is also brilliant. But yeah, I think because this is what my brothers listen to a lot, too, one of my brothers, Dom, just listened only to Two-Tone all the fucking time, really loudly, with my mum banging on his door. And so it was sort of, you know, echoed through the whole house. And so I think that I would have known this version long before the Smokey Robinson version. And only yeah, later yeah, in life, yeah, I, yeah. I bought myself when I was about 16, a, a best of Smokey Robinson cassette. And then right. and I thought, fucking hell, I know this song. He's covered the beat. He's covered the beat, <laughs> the cheeky cunt. I mean, when you get the best of Smokey Robinson, you realise the fucker is, is one of those people who wrote like every big hit for Motown. Oh, yeah. So he's done versions yeah. of all of these really, really famous songs that you know by like the Supremes or whoever, right? Some of them Marvin Gaye songs, some of them Stevie Wonder songs. Yeah. He fucking wrote them all, so he just did his own version as well. And he does actually have a really nice voice himself, doesn't he? Oh, I mean, he's the boss. He's the boss of Moortown. I know Barry Gordy was technically the boss of Moortown, but... But in fact, um, I think in 1980, obviously later in the year, he had a comeback because he did Being With You, which is a fucking yeah. beautiful song. It is. Again, another one that I hated when it came out. It's very much a kissing song, it's, yeah. It's a kissing song, but it's it's obviously it's fucking classic. If we ever launch um, our own radio station, just saying if, not saying it's on the agenda, yeah. but uh, it might be on the agenda... Right, I'm thinking of doing a show on there just called Kissing Songs. Kissing Songs, yeah. Sam Delaney with the Kissing Songs Hour. Yeah, Sam's Kissing Hour. Yeah. Fucking hell, yeah. Imagine how many babies will be conceived Yeah, that will Sam's be, Kissing that Hour. That will be my mission, is to get members yeah. of the IF, IF, IFS to... Um, uh, to conceive. Do you call it, when you're a man and you are making a lady pregnant... Do you call mm. that infecting a lady's womb? Is that the terminology? No, it's not infecting. Infect what them is with it? your infesting. sperm. Infesting. I'll infest her with your sperm. Yeah, that's mm. what it is. Yeah. May I infest you, this madam? This is Sam Delaney. Get ready to infest your woman. Because <laughs> this is the kissing hour. <coughs> oh, how I... But after dark, it turns into the infestation hour. <laughs> I tell you what, we'll leave it there because there's still lots to look at in this chart, and um, my post-COVID voice is packing up again. <clears throat> so we'll have a look at a bit more of it next time in a couple of weeks. By which time, who knows? We might be doing radio shows as well <laughs> with music and everything. If this excites uh, you, get on Twitter and let us know. <laughs> Infest us with your opinions and let's excite uh, each thanks. other. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. 